averaging the fewest air yards per attempt. At no point were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Yards per attempt. Welcome in, everybody, to a new edition, Yards Per Attempt. This is Eddie Borsilli. It is the 26th day of October 2020, coming off yet again another Raider loss this week to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Game that was in reach, close, back and forth, if you will. But late in the game, Tom Brady and the offense put it away, and the Raiders have no answers. You know, I want to sit up here and bitch and moan about Paul Gunther and about the scheme, and we'll get to that a little bit later, but I want to just read you guys some some numbers. And let's go back all the way to the 2011 season. Let's go back to the 2011 football season. You're then Oakland Raiders. Their total defense ranked that year, 29. Let's go to 2012. Total defense, 28. 2013, Oakland Raiders total defense, 29. They hit rock bottom in 2014. Total defense, number 32 in the National Football League, dead last. 2015, they improve a little bit to 22nd overall. 2016 to 20th overall. 2017, again, 20th overall in total defense. And then the bottom drops out again in 2018 to number 32. Last year goes up to 24 in total defense. And this year, your first year of the Las Vegas Raiders, 26 in total defense. This team, for the better part of a decade, and it's probably been longer than that, I didn't go back further enough, has just been flat out bad on the defensive side of the ball. Ken Norton, Jason Tarver, Paul Gunther, no matter who it is, no matter who's coaching this football team, This team can't get off the field. It's absolutely insane. No matter who they bring in, no matter who they draft, they draft Khalil Mack. He's a generational pass rusher. See what I did there? Once in a lifetime, guys sacking a quarterback like crazy. We still have terrible defense. We still have defenses that can't crack the top 20. Mack's a Raider, 14, 15, 16. I mean, just, just bad defenses. Charles Woodson's on this football team. Bad defenses. It doesn't matter who plays in the silver and black. They can't cover. They can't tackle. They look like they don't have any type of juice when they're out on the football field. Besides the Kansas City game last week. And coming off a game like that where you showed, and I talked about it on the podcast last week. They proved that they can get after a... a, the best quarterback in the National Football League, even though they did, they scored 30 points because they're the Chiefs. They scored 45 points yesterday every single way you possibly can. They proved that they could do it last week versus Mahomes. Now, he knew it was going to be a big task against Tom Brady in that very good Bucks line. Look, let's, again, not take anything away from these football teams. The Raiders have played a tough schedule. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a really, really good team. 
but they came out flat. Mohurst hit Brady on one play. Brady fell on his backside one time the entire game. He was clean that entire football game. It's almost physically impossible to not trip into a sack, to not have the offensive lineman whiff on a play. I mean, it's really unbelievable that this team goes games where the quarterback doesn't go down and doesn't go down hard. You can't win. I don't know how many times I have to say it. You cannot win in the NFL if the quarterback doesn't go down on the other team. It's just not possible. We're talking about Tom Brady. We're talking about a guy that's won six Super Bowls. Six. What do you think he was going to do back there if he gave him all the time in the world? And now let's get to the play that really, it just embodies this defense. It's, it's, it epitomizes, I should say, what this defense is all about. 11 minutes to go in the game. Gruden talked about it today. You get them in a third and long situation. Your defense is sitting back, basically daring them to dump it off, and you go up and make a tackle. And what happens? You let Leonard Fournette catch the ball, go untouched for about seven yards, and get a first down. I mean, it's inexcusable. As someone, if I was on that defense or someone on that defense, I mean, how do you let that happen? How does somebody not get benched after that happens? How does somebody not get cut after that happens? Because if you make a stop there, maybe it's a different game. Maybe something else happens. You just sit back. And again, is it scheme? Is it Gunther and his, his, his coaches saying, hey, guys, sit back? Yeah, it probably is. But these guys have been playing football a long time. You knew not to sit back too far. You knew up to run up and make a tackle. Have some freaking pride. Have some, some wherewithal when it is in a game. I got to make a play. There's nobody on this defense for the better part of a decade. Take out Charles Woodson. Take out Khalil Mack. Maybe John Abrams going to be that guy because he showed a little bit of it. That is has the, the wherewithal and the willingness to throw his body around and make a freaking play. This team cannot... Make a play on defense if if their if their life depended on it. It's unbelievable. No matter what free agents they bring in, no matter who they draft, it's just never enough. So you, you you see, as each week goes by, you see the glaring weaknesses, you see the glaring holes, you see the things that could have helped this football team. And you know it's hard not to look, and you don't want to do it to the guy, and you don't. I, I say it every single week. He had a really good game last week versus Kansas City. But you look at what Devin number 45, what Devin White looks like in a Buccaneer uniform, side to side, chasing dudes down, rocking people. And you could tell me that that wasn't a player that the Raiders should have took at number four in last year's draft, who wanted to come and play in the silver and black, who would have filled the biggest need that this team had besides for pass rush. As a linebacker, because we haven't had one in, I mean, forever. You can't miss on those things. You can't miss players like that, especially at number four. Again, I'll say it like I say it every single week. It wasn't Clee's fault that he got picked at number four. But it's going to be ridiculously hard because he's not a pass rusher. He's not a Mac. He's not an Aaron Donald type of guy. He's not that type of guy. That production's not going to be there, even if he keeps on improving. But meanwhile, you have guys like Devin White who just show you what kind of 
you know, that, that alpha dog mentality at linebacker, which you need in today's NFL, a guy to go all over the field. What the Raiders thought they were signing in Corey Littleton, and I'm not comparing the two. I know that they're, they're different players, but that type of sideline to sideline, let's go cover the running back, let's go cover the tight end, let's body rock somebody and blitz when we need to. So it's hard, man. It's hard watching those things, and it's probably hard for Mike Mayock too. And it's probably hard for John Gruden as well to watch guys that they had a chance to select in the draft to sure up the worst unit in pro sports, the Raider defense, and you pass them for a safe pick. It can't happen, man. It just can't happen. It, you don't get a long enough leash in the NFL, and maybe Gruden was okay with it because he's got a 10-year contract, but you can't make those picks. You really can't. And it was glaring. On Sunday versus the Buccaneers. You know what else is glaring? LaMarcus Joyner stinks. I've had enough. The guy, every time you look around, again, is not making plays, looks totally out of position. I don't know what it is, and I understand Joyner and Littleton came from a Rams team that had an unbelievable front that got pressure on the quarterback. Fine. You want to say... You know, they had better fronts and they were better players with better fronts. Fine. But turn your head around, dude. Once in a while, every time you look at the guy, he looks like he's chasing ghosts. He looks like he has no idea where he he is on the football field. And the same goes for Corey Littleton. And again, I don't want to, you know, he's made some plays here and there. You don't want to totally brush it off like it's a terrible signing. But Joyner, enough is enough, man. Either move him back to safety Because Eric Harris isn't the answer in free safety. We all know that. We could all see that. So either move him back to safety and let him roam back there and try to pick some passes off or sit his ass on the bench. Because it's just enough is enough. Put one of the young guys in there. I'd rather have Isaiah Johnson, Amit Robertson, Nixon, anybody but Joyner. I'm sorry. I've had enough. He'll probably be cut in the offseason. Cut your losses. It was a bad free agent signing. All right, let's get back to Gunther for a minute. Paul Gunther, and at times John Gruden, coaches this defense as if this was a defense that's proved anything in the National Football League. That you could put your trust in this defense at any single moment at any game is total lunacy. They play scared. They coach scared, I should say. You know... Everything I talked about on the podcast last week about John Gruden putting that confidence in his football team. John, fourth and one. You knew that Brady's going to get the ball back and go right down the field and score. Go for it on fourth and one. Your defense stinks. They can't get off the field. And I I understand they probably want to boost the morale and boost the confidence of the guys are saying, hey, go out there and stop Brady. It's just not going to happen. And Gunther coaches the same way. This soft zone BS that he runs. If you're going to rush four and those four guys can't get to the quarterback, you're screwed. Any team is screwed. The, co- the corners can only cover for so long. The linebackers can only cover for so long. And if you give Brady and the quarterbacks they're playing, you give Baker Mayfield that time next week, we're dead again. We're going to give him 40 points again because the Browns could score with anybody. I don't understand it. Go play a little man. Blitz. I'd rather blitz with guys and just get to the quarterback and get beat man-to-man 
than sit back in soft zones and watch quarterbacks pick us apart left and right. It's the worst. It's the worst thing to watch as a football fan to have your team sitting back there. Why do you think we give up so many third and longs? Because they're sitting back in this soft zone waiting to die. And die they do every single time. How do you turn on a tape and see this week in and week out and not make adjustments? You did versus Kansas City in the second half. You put Arden Keys as spy. You change things up. Why does that not happen every week? Why are things like that not happening every week? Let's get to my next person, Malik Collins. I've seen enough of him too. This guy does nothing in the middle. I saw the stat today. Arden Key, Clee, and Collins, no sacks, barely any quarterback pressures. I mean, the guy's a non-factor in the middle. You sign him to a one-year deal. Again, it wasn't like he brought this guy in on a five-year deal, massive contract, big-time big time money for a DT. It's a one-year deal. You knew what you were getting in this guy. It hasn't worked out. Get him off the field. He's not getting it done. Hankins, not getting it done this year against the run or the pass. Mohurst just came back. Last week, Dayton Jones and Smith gave you a little bit of juice up the middle. Let those guys play. If they deserve to play, if they go out there and bust their ass and give this defense what it needs, let them play. Don't start guys just because you brought them over in free agency like you're trying to prove a point. Carl Nassib, these guys, you gave them money. Yeah, suck up your losses, put the best players out there that are going to get to the quarterback and make this defense better. I don't care if it's a, an aging veteran or a guy off the street. Who cares? It's better than watching what, 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 what we watched on Sunday from that D-line. So Joyner can go. Collins can go. We all knew Nassib when, we, when they signed him to that deal. It was an absurd, absurd amount of money for Carl Nassib. Carl Nassib was a decent player, big motor guy, definitely a John Gruden type of player. I understand that. But the money they gave him could have been used elsewhere for, for something else or a different type of player. And I saw a lot, too, on Sunday, Max Crosby on the sideline on third down. I don't understand it. Even if he's not getting to the quarterback as much as he did last year, he's your best pass rusher. He should be on the field all the time. All the time. And it goes back, you know, again, Gruden rolling the dice in the offseason, letting go of Brenson Buckner, and bringing in Rod Marinelli, his boy. And it is totally backfired in his face. And again, I read you the total defense stats, but the Raiders had respectable sack numbers last year. Buckner got those guys motivated. Whatever he was doing was clicking with Max and with guys like that. He was getting, we were getting pressures. This D-line looks listless. It is totally regressed under Rod Marinelli. Totally regressed. So, again, what do you do? If you fire Paul Gunther... What has Rod Marinelli done besides being a head coach in this league before of a really, really bad Lions team that he deserves to be the D coordinator? Again, I, th- that's the problem. If it's the same thing, if you're going to lose a guy or going to fire a guy, tell me who you're replacing him with and what their plan is. Because if Marinelli comes in and does what he's doing now, what the hell is going to change? They're still not going to get to the quarterback. All right, let's switch it over to the offense a little bit. Again, this offense... I have no problem with this offense. We know that they could score. Carr's playing his ass off. I would like to see, again, 
Two things. You knew the Buccaneer run defense was really, really good. And all he did was run Jacobs up the middle and, and basically give up on the run. You don't want to see that. Let's get the tosses. Let's get the, the, the jet sweeps. Let's get some, some motion going and try to mix things up. we got to get Josh Jacobs going. He's the bell cow. Gruden wants to run the ball. Let him, let him catch the ball out of backfield. Let some get some swing routes. Let him break a couple tackles, and let's run. And the same goes for Henry Ruggs. And I understand the Bucs did a good job of taking Ruggs away, as Gruden said today. The ball's got to go in this dude's hands more often. Same concept as, as Jacobs. Put him in the backfield. Throw him some screens. Put the ball in his hands. Let him do what he does best. I, I, I love the fact that he's going deep a lot and they're trying to take deep shots. Great. That's awesome. And it's going to hit. And when it hits, it's awesome. But if they're taking away the deep stuff, let the guy do what he does. Put the ball in his hands. Where are some quick slants? Let's run a couple quick slants. Let's see if he could take one to the house. This is what you drafted him for. This is why you picked him ahead of CeeDee Lamb, ahead of Justin Jefferson, ahead of Jerry Judy. Because of that game-breaking speed. And it can't just be on nine routes. Get him the ball. Let him work. Let him do what he does best. Gruden's got to do a better job of getting this guy more involved. And Carr, as we all know, when he feels comfortable with a receiver, that receiver is going to get the ball a lot, i.e. Nelson Aguilar. And, again, let's give Mayock credit for where credit's due. Aguilar's been great. He's been really, really good. But Carr... When he's good, when he's on, when this offense is scoring 35 points and putting those points up, he's spreading the ball around to different receivers. But you got to know where your money is. I love Nelson Aguilar right now as much as anybody, as much as any Raider fan. He probably deserves a contract extension. But get the ball to rugs. Get the ball to rugs. Get the ball to Jacobs. Get the ball to Waller. Spread it around. Sprinkle in some stuff. But it's hard, man. It's hard that this offense knows that it needs to score 35-plus points a game to win. And it hasn't been – it's not just this year. I read you the stats. Every single year, this defense stinks. I don't know what it is. You know, a free agency curse? I don't know what – you know, is the curse of Larry Brown? I don't know what it is. The same goes for the offensive side of the ball. Free agency has just not been kind to the Raiders. I don't know why. Al always spent on big free agents and never worked out. The Javon Walkers of the world, we all know the horror stories. The best free agents these, this team has ever signed have been the Rich Gannons, have been the Charlie Garners, the Jim Plunkets, the Jerry Rice. I mean, guys like that. They have not gone out there. And it really goes back to the, the NFL as a whole. Free agency is such a freaking crapshoot. It rarely works out. If you see guys that get big money deals, we'll take – 2020. By 2022, most of those guys have been cut, let go, salary chopped, what have you. So what does that tell you? You still got to you still got to pick players in free agency. You can't just keep on drafting and drafting and drafting. Yeah, you can. And you're going to build your roster and the Raiders have done a good job of it, but you need to supplement with free agency. And I just don't understand why any of the free agents this team brings over are any good. It's mind-boggling. Whoever they bring over on this football team that other teams covet, that other teams want to sign, they can't play or they're lost. So are you signing players with the intent of letting them do what they do best? 
because I didn't see Corey Littleton covering Rob Gronkowski. I saw Littleton on a running back where he picked him up, a nice job, on a wheel route, and he broke it up. That's what he did when he was on the Rams. So you letting Corey Littleton do what he does best? Or you letting him just be in a soft zone and kind of have his head on a swivel and just pick something up? And he's like a deer in headlights. Are you letting LaMarcus Joyner say his best position is free safety? Are you letting him do what he does best? You're putting him at nickel, and he looks like the worst cornerback in pro football. Like he can't cover. Like he has no idea what's going on. So are you putting these guys in position to win? Or are you putting these guys in your scheme and saying, go out there and do it my way and the results will come? Because the results don't come. The results haven't come for this football team in a freaking decade. If you're going to be so stubborn, and again, I'm not in these rooms. I'm not going to sit up here and preach like I'm, I know what's going on in these, in these meeting rooms. I'm not. And maybe it's all in the players. But something's got to give here, man. Somebody on this defense has to step up and say enough is enough. All they need to do is be a middle-of-the-pack team. Gunther on the Bengals, his first year in 14, they were a 14th-ranked defense. Second year in 15, they were the second-ranked defense in the National Football League. They had a really good defense, a lot of good players on it. Perfect and the, and the like. And then again, his last two years, they were kind of middle of the pack. All you need to do is be a middle of the pack defense. You don't need to be the 2000 Ravens. You don't need to be the Buccaneers with Derek Brooks and those guys. You don't need to be those teams. You just got to get off the fucking field on third and long. You got to sack the quarterback. You got to turn the ball over. This is not a novel concept. We've been doing it in the National Football League for 100 years. Something's got to give. Someone's got to change it. We keep on talking about changing the culture, changing the culture. Somebody has to change the culture on that defense. And let those guys know that with the shit that's been going on for the better part of a decade can't go on anymore. Step up and play the way you can, you, you can play. The way you played against Mahomes. I mean, just, just, just do it. It's freaking frustrating, man. It really is. Because the offense is good enough to win football games. The offense is good enough to get in the playoffs and make some noise. And the defense is just shit. Plain and simple. So what do you go from here? Do you fire Paul Gunther? Do you elevate Rod Marinelli? Do you go out there and make a trade at the trade deadline to bring in a Carlos Dunlap or, or bring in somebody like that? Do you, do you go for the grand slam and try to try to trade for J.J. Watt? Is that going to do anything? Because I'll tell you right now, trading for a guy like J.J. Watt has Raider disaster written all over it. A guy that was once great, you bring him in, and he's not the player anymore. And I love J.J. Watt. He's a Hall of Famer. He's tremendous. So I don't know if the answer's out there at the trade deadline. I don't know if David Irving's the answer. I'll tell you right now, I'd rather have him rushing the passer off the street than most of the guys that are rushing the passer right now. So I don't know what the answer is. The trade deadline's a week from tomorrow. I'll come back before then. We'll do some trade stuff. But it's frustrating, man. I just I, I want to watch a defense that gets off the freaking field. And hopefully that defense is coming. I'm Eddie Borsilli. Have a good night, everybody.